We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You don't want it. You don't need it. But you're going to get it anyway. The Kevin Sheehan Show. Here's Kevin. Two podcasts, one day. We've never done that before, but as we build towards tomorrow night's NFL draft, I want to give you some content here. Uh, The first uh, podcast earlier today was my conversation with Ben Standig, and the one that we are doing right now is with my good friend Stanford Steve Coughlin uh, from Scott Van Pelt Sports Center. More than that, Stanford Steve has become one of the premier college football voices um, and faces uh, at ESPN. He does that phenomenal betting podcast with the Bear. Um, most of our conversations, whether they've been on radio or on this podcast, have been uh, betting and gambling related. Um, this one, uh, I want to talk about this draft and the players in this draft and the way that you and I, when we're together, often just talk about college sports. Like, I really love this guy. This guy stinks. Um, and that's what I wanted to do at the various position groups here uh, entering tomorrow night's draft. So let's start with quarterbacks. Who do you like? Who don't you like? Oof. Um, well... When you start right there, Kevin, it's it, it is you, you got to look at the numbers, the, the history of numbers, with how, how many of these guys pan out, right? One I out mean, of four. When you that, and that's what I said. I, if I had to bet on somebody panning out, it's Trevor Lawrence. Um, you know, I'm, I'm asking guys. You know, we had a podcast on with um, uh, SEC analyst Cole Kubelik, who does awesome Love work, um, and is on the sidelines for all SEC games. And, you know, we went through his favorite guy, O-line, and I just said, hey, you know, last year Simmons, the kid from Clemson, was his biggest question mark because he didn't feel like there was a position for him in the NFL, seeing how much space there was now. He played all over the place for Clemson. He was an All-American. He was great. And you really saw him. If you go back and look at the snaps he played for the Arizona Cardinals, he was lost at the beginning of the year, and that's because he didn't really have a position. Yeah, he came and on. Said, he came on this? at the end of the year, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. When they found a, a role for him, where you know they could they could use him to his strengths, you know. And his biggest question mark here is Zach Wilson. And I would have to say, out of these quarterbacks, I obviously Trevor Lawrence is is everything you want to me. You could say what you want about his dad saying he would, could leave the sport, whatever. He, Take that and run with it with your headline for your clicks, okay? When I look at the other quarterbacks, all right, Zach Wilson is a question mark. Now, 
the biggest thing with these quarterbacks I want to get into, and it goes back to what I said last year when you're evaluating Tua and Joe Burrow, and it goes to this guy's Trevor Lawrence, even Zach Wilson falls into this. Uh, Trey Lance falls into this. Mac Jones especially falls into this. Every snap they line up in college, they have the advantage at 99% of their weapons that they have. And what I mean by that, when Mac Jones lines up, every guy that he has a chance to throw to, whether it's Waddle, whether it's Smith, whether it's Harris out of the backfield, he has a clear advantage. He has the upper hand on the guy that's trying to stop his weapon. So in evaluating this, it's really hard to see these guys face adversity. And with, with Zach Wilson, I think there's it's a different it's a different type of advantage that he had. I think the competition was lesser. Did he make plays? Absolutely phenomenal. Arm strength off the, off the off the charts. You know, offensive line play. Great to have a lot of veterans on the offensive line in college, uh, and he made the most of that. You know, but when you look at Zach, is is this? And this is what I worry about: this Jets situation. That's why I don't like it. I I mean, how much better is this situation than Sam Darnold's walking into? Um, it, it's really tough. I mean, New York's a different dynamic. He's He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a boisterous kid. Um, I love what he did in college. He got himself so much better. Um, and, and that's awesome to see, but I look at the situation and that's what I don't like it. And I don't see that being a success. I go down to Trey Lance. There's just not enough, whatever. What do the analytics people say now, Kevin data points? Yeah. There's just not enough data point. I watched him. I watched probably 10 of his games. Um, he's impressive as hell when he's good. Uh, but it's it's a lot like um, a guy later in the run that I watched every snap of his career with Davis Mills at Stanford. I just think he would have benefited so much more instead of being a top six guy, Davis Mills. Next year he could have been a top three guy, you know. But I get it, you know. He had an injury in, in, in high school. He tore his ACL again uh, at, at Stanford, and and he's and he's good to go. Uh, but with Trey Lance, it's just too much unknown. Uh, I haven't seen him face adversity, uh, you know couple third downs things break down of course he's a tremendous athlete arm strength awesome he can make plays i just want to see more and i go back to the competition he did it against it just doesn't do it for me and that's why i look at fields and i know a, a, a ton of your listeners are going to look at fields look where he went ended up going to college and bring up haskins okay but, but i look at ryan day and ryan day to me i think i respect as any college football coach there is out there i think he is absolutely phenomenal and if you go back and you look at the things that he said about haskins nowhere nowhere did he talk about haskins the way he's talking about fields and i trust ryan day and i understand the system and i understand them they have the advantage on every snap of the matchups that they're playing with um you know every day in the big 10 and and and, and all that and i also look i did get to see him face adversity all right. I was on the field for the Clemson game right. in the Fiesta Bowl when they got their hearts ripped out. I saw the look on his face. I saw him get back up and in, 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 in the offseason demand, you know, that there were games this year. I saw him get picked apart by Northwestern after that game by analysts, the Northwestern Big Ten game going into the Clemson game and coming back and playing the best game of his career in that revenge spot, which was just tremendous. Saw him play her in an overmatched game in a national championship. So to me, out of those guys, I would bank on fields because I've seen him come back from adversity. I've seen it. So um, I, I, I like fields. 
Um, obviously, the situation, we don't know because we know the Zach Wilson situation uh, going to the Jets. So I, I like Fields um, a lot more than other people. I do, too. And it's not specifically for the reason you said. And I know how much you like Ryan Day. And I remember you you know, telling me about being on the field for that game and what a phenomenal semifinal game that was. Unbelievable. Um, and, and to be there for it. Um, and I think that that's a really interesting point. And I hadn't thought about it. And I didn't you know, really uh, look at it. And I think it's the first time I've heard it, which is go back and look at what Ryan Day and, and even Urban Meyer said about Haskins yep. versus um, about Fields. And by the way, I, I think a lot of the, the fan base here isn't necessarily going to discount Fields because of the Ohio State thing. Um, uh, look, Haskins, the, the thing about Fields that I love is everything I've heard about him as a leader, character, work ethic, yep. the whole thing, because that's where Haskins fell apart. And that's what of we course. didn't know as a fan base, you know, mm-hmm. even it, it really until after that first year. Anyway, I'm with you on Fields. Why do you think it's possible that he ends up slipping the the longest and furthest in the first round of the five. Um. Uh, well, there's there, the the tape isn't perfect. Nope. Um, Cooley doesn't love know? the tape. Yeah, Cooley. I mean, uh, you know, he's gonna get the he's gonna get the stereotype of the system. Um. Uh. There's there's uh. You know. Um. Mechanics guys talk about you know he's an elbow guy. Um. I've heard that thrown around. So. To me, and it's funny I brought this up, it's funny how much we're picking apart every guy, um, and this is out of the quarterbacks, but like to me, if you go back and re-rank this, I think Kyle Pitts, people would put Kyle Pitts as a top player in the draft. I haven't heard one bad thing about Kyle Pitts. I love love him. I'm a tight end. I, you know. Being a bias, I, they're the best athletes on the floor uh, or on the field. Every <laughs> they make the game. best hoopsters, um, that's for sure. Exa- exactly. So, uh, but no, just going back to fields. I mean, there's, there's, you know, mechanics, uh, tape. Did he take advantage of every opportunity? Um, no, he didn't. Um, you know, and there were times this year where they also had a ton of eyeballs on them because of what Ohio State brought to the table with the whole Big Ten thing. So I think he is is definitely over-criticized more than any quarterback. You know, it's interesting because Trevor Lawrence, to me, was the most clutch of all these guys. I mean, I look, I, I guess you could say that about Mac Jones in the second half he had in the game that they got tested in against Georgia, and he was brilliant in that second half. And, and you know, uh, I, I refer to Cooley a lot because I think he's e- exceptional at breaking down film and analyzing these guys. And Cooley's convinced, you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt. I mean, he thinks Trey Lance is an outside chance, but he just, he, knowing Kyle the way he does, he thinks it is Mac Jones. And his point was, is like, you know, it's so hard to find the elite guy. It's also yep. really hard to find the excellent distributor. And Mac Jones <laughs> is an excellent <laughs> distributor. And those distributors become top half of the league, top, you know, the number eight through 12, eight through 14 guys that you can win with if you put mm-hmm. everything around them. And he thinks that that, it, that it's going to be Jones because of that. Um, I, go ahead. I, 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 the word I use for, for Mac is, is facilitator. Yeah. You know, and I, and I think, you know, going back to fields, when I say the tape isn't great and you have mechanics problems, that goes into a coach's mindset of trust. You know, you talk about Trevor Lawrence. I mean, how can you not trust him for what he's done in the situation he was put into? Um, but when you look at Fields compared to Mac Jones, I think 
you know, you, you hear Steve Sarkeesian talk about how no quarterback has taken on more of a, um, uh, you know, just, just, just wanted more. Um, and, and his pre-snap stuff and his ability to do stuff before the ball was snapped. And that's the stuff I think co- uh, co- quarterback coaches and offensive-minded coaches really like is hearing a coach say, I trust him in every situation. There wasn't one situation he didn't know where to get the ball to. And, you know, it, 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 what was it, 41-4? and four? That's pretty good. I don't care how much of an advantage you have at every position. <laughs> Somebody's- I, listen, I, I wanted to work out, but, man, like – that's, that's just almost too good to be true, but you can't fault it. it, it it's all right there. And he has I – I hate to bring this name into it, but Tom Brady had the be- has the best pocket presence I've ever seen for a quarterback. Rodgers is right there. And to a lower extent, when you look at a college level where guys are coming from everywhere trying to mix up anything to try and catch Alabama off Keelter, I think – Mac Jones did a good job moving around the pocket. He's not going to bust third and 18 runs and, you know, on, break, on broken down plays and get you the first down. But he is, you know, <laughs> I don't want to say elusive, but he's, he's tough to get down in the pocket. And he does a good job because he knows everything pre-snap and where his quick hits are going to be if he does get pressure. All right, let's talk about the other quarterbacks, um, the mm-hmm. guys after the top five. Um I, I'm pretty sure we've had this conversation, and I've, I've mentioned it many times on the podcast. I just don't get any sort of infatuation with Kellen Mond. I've wa- I watched so many games because he played in so many games, and he was better this year. He was. Um, yep. And the win over Florida against a team that was much less defensively this year than they had been in recent years was maybe his crowning jewel. I like Trask so much more than I like Mond. I don't know enough about Mills. What do you say? Uh, let's start with Mond. I, I'm with you. It's it's stiff. Um, Very stiff. I, I will say he he played – I mean, you go back, he's, pro- he's probably play- – I think he's played more snaps than any player, any quarterback in this draft. Right. Um, you have that experience. I do think – he, he he was an overthinker. You know, he was he was platooning at the beginning. And I think Jimbo, as good as the successes he's had, I think Jimbo Fisher's a tough guy to play quarterback for. Sure. Um, and I and I think there's a lot of overcoaching there. I think he he did a great to his credit, he did a great job of playing off of an awesome run game they had this year. And when you go back and watch that Florida game, they're down double digits. They get back in that game, and I wanna say they ran like eleven straight runs on a drive. Uh, that really got them going. Now, to his credit, he used that, and you know, you open up the play action. We know what Mac Jones does, uh, and how, the percentage of snaps he played with the play action. We know what the percentage of numbers are in the NFL. It's totally different. But Mon is just a little too stiff for me. I don't want to take anything away from him because he did. Get, he's another guy. He got himself better. Is it to what everybody wants? No, everybody always wants more. That's a tough thing, but you have to look at the situation these guys are in. And I think Jimbo, you know, had had, had the governor on him a little bit and, and only let him go so far. So I'm with you on Mon. I'm not that big of a fan. Trask is, is a wild card to me because can he make every throw? When I go back and I look at that, you know, you have the the, the, the idea of throwing the ball to Kadarius Tony who's as shifty a guy and receiver as there is in the draft and a lot of throws to him wide open pits wide open. Can, can trash sit in the pocket on a third and 12 and, and, and be trusted to stay, hang in there and make the right throw. 
That's that's where it comes down to me at the difference of the college level in here. College Mullen's a great offensive mind, put Trask in the best position possible. And I'll tell you what, that guy battled. Um, you know, we talked about, you know, everybody knows the story. He played backup and quarterback in high school to Derek King. Obviously comes to um, Florida and, and, is, and, and is back up between, behind Franks. And boom, he gets thrown in there and he made the most of it. So I do like Trask. I like his toughness. I, he's, a, he's a really good competitor. Um, so I, I do think he's worth a shot later in the draft. Uh, Mills, um, uh, it's – it's really – I'm so biased because I really, really wanted him to come back for one more year. I look back to last year. If he plays against Oregon and he doesn't play because of a false positive COVID test, Stanford probably goes undefeated. Um, and, and, and God only knows what happened. You know, they're, they're playing an undefeated USC, and maybe the picture of the Pac-12 is, is a little bit prettier now. Who knows? But Mills is just a guy you wanted to see so much more of. I, I, the confidence I had – in him when he was under center was like no other, you know, in the, in the quarterbacks prior, um, maybe going back to Kevin Hogan, who was a local kid here. Um, but Mills, I just want to see more. There's too much. Um, there's, there's too many missed throws where if, if a guy's going to play this amount of snaps, you would think the tape would be better. Um, he had, you know, he had some good receivers to, 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 to throw to, um, and, and, and led some nice comebacks in tough situations where they kind of took the reins off and was like, all right, hey, we're down four here. We need a touchdown. And they go down the field and score, and he makes it look like, you know, every quarterback's dream is to be in a two-minute drill. And he made the most of that opportunity. But it's just it's, – it, to me, it wasn't good enough to be I – mean, I'm hearing these, these rumors about maybe late in the first round somebody's going to jump up and get to him. I don't believe that. I just think it's because uh, everybody's tired tired of talking about the other top quarterbacks. But I love the kid. Um, you know, he was a top quarterback in his class and, you know, played in the pro style at Stanford. So I do like him in the right situation of a backup and maybe, you know, getting an opportunity in a year or two. Yeah, I think the talk about the jumping into the late first round ends up being because more – likely than not, like a Tampa decides we'll take Mills and we want the fifth-year option. You know, it's that fifth-year yeah. option that could be the driver there. Um, Cooley doesn't think that there's a fourth – he's got a fourth-round grade on all all the other guys, but understands mm-hmm. that they'll get picked in the second. The thing about Trask, and you said it, he's a battler, he's tough. Mm-hmm. Um, when he, I mean, we, have, we may never – it's possible if Franks doesn't get hurt that Saturday night against Kentucky, we never see Trask. You know, yep. it, it's possible that we never even get it, get that opportunity. The game that I loved more than any other was that year when they went to LSU, and uh, you know, it's the Burrow year, oh. and and Trask yep. is just dealing against that defense in that environment, and they were tied up going mm-hmm. into the fourth quarter. I mean, I know that the, you mm-hmm. know LSU ultimately had close games against you know Bama, obviously the forty nine forty six game or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and Auburn, I think they had a close game against yeah, as well. Yeah. Uh, but th- but you know that that Florida game was legitimately was losable because of Trask in what was maybe his third start, something like that. And I yeah, I, and I, I just you're right. I mean, can he can he make the throw on third and twelve without the ability to move? You know that well. Cooley thinks he he forces too much, feels the pressure, but he also is a risk taker in many ways. I he think is. he I think he said basically he's like a bigger version of Rex Grossman. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, um, what what about any other quarterbacks? You know, book. 
a lot of my friends really like Book. I'm talking about much later. You see anybody else emerging into a pro quarterback or not? Uh, ooh, do, 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 do. I, I'm really curious in Jamie Newman, who, if he ends up starting at Georgia. Yeah, we'd know more. Um, you know, we would know a ton more. And that Alabama game, they're, a game, they're in the game in the fourth quarter with Stetson Bennett at quarterback. Right. You know, I just think of him. Um, if Jamie Newman's in that spot, because they ran that weird uh, offense, you know, when if you go back and watch him, he had an unbelievable game against Jordan Love two years ago, yeah, first game of the year, right? Um, where they just went at each other, and 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 uh, and you know, Newman, they run that that delayed zone read option where like he's literally taking three steps and almost <laughs> you know, know putting the quarterback putting the ball back underneath the center's butt. Um, but I, I don't know how that's going to translate to the next level and a year off. I don't know, you know, what I'm sure he's been getting, you know, coaching on the side. Um, I, I like, but you, you talk about a competitor book is, is right up there. I don't think he got a credit for enough of the, uh, the plays um, he made in, in his college career, the Clemson game um, going back to the one they won. I mean, how I, I still can't imagine the feeling fumbling the ball in the end zone right. and then still coming back. That's right. I mean, he that game was wild. Uh, no Trevor Lawrence in that game in South Bend this year. The game went to, what, two overtimes, I think. And uh, Book had that fumble um, out of the end zone, I think, for a touchback uh, when they were threatening to take the lead in the fourth quarter, um, if I recall. Um, let's get to some of these other positions, find out who you like and who don't you like. I'll weigh in a little bit as well. Uh, right after this word from one of our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, I want to get to a couple of these other positions and just talk about guys we like and don't like. Let's stay on offense. Mm -hmm. I don't see how Najee Harris isn't the first back taken, and I don't care about the philosophy of of running backs in the first round. I think Mm -hmm. he's a major impact player at the next level, and I don't know if anybody else is. What do you think about the running backs? Uh, To me, it's always been either or, Harris or Etienne. Um, I love what Etienne uh, did in his college career. You talk about being dependable. Uh, whether it's returning kicks, coming up and catching the ball on big third down plays, having the breakaway um, uh, deals, you know, in the run game. I just think uh, Harris has the higher ceiling. I think ETN's more dependable. Um, but I, 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 I mean, look, no one 
in college football, Kevin, benefited from coming back and playing a football season more than Najee Harris. And that, that, that's all the credit to him. Um, and I, I just keep t- saying the same thing, making the most of your opportunity. Nobody did that more than Najee Harris. So I, I, I can't fault you for liking Harris more than ETN. I just I, – I just – being a program guy and hanging around for as long as ETN did where he could have left – um, I, I just I, I take that to heart and I, I like that and that's why I'm just a little bit more biased to ETN but I, I totally get where you're coming with Harris other backs that you think will make a big impact we obviously have seen you know guys like Cook and Henry and later on third fourth fifth round backs give me some of the backs that you like that you think are going to be you know big contributors at the NFL level I love Jamar Jefferson out of Oregon State. Yep. He is as versatile a running back as there is. He's a game breaker. Not a lot of people got to watch him, but I'm telling you right now, whoever gets that kid is getting an absolute steal. Chuba Hubbard's a game breaker. Um, you know, it's, it's tough to see, you know, how he was. You know, he had the off the field and stuff with Gundy. I don't know how much of his, uh, you know, of his ego took a hit. He's an absolute game breaker. He, he hits a hole. And he's got to clear. You're not catching him. Uh, I think he's more. I, I I don't know if he's an every down guy, uh, but I love Jamar Jefferson. Uh, my, and the two North Carolina guys are really really good. Michael Carter and Javante Williams. I think all those guys possibly could go. Trey Sermon with Ohio State. Love him. I mean, we we saw what he did late in the year. He just doesn't have that game breaking speed. Like you saw him get hawked a couple times against Northwestern. Right. That does that doesn't fly with me when you're looking at the NFL level. Yeah, there there are a couple guys um, that you that you mentioned. Um, I, I'm totally totally with you on Jamar Jefferson from Oregon State. I mm-hmm. really love, even though he opted out and missed some of the games last year. I love I love the kid Williams Jr. Puka Williams Jr. from Kansas. I think yep. he, on, on on bad teams he had some big games with that kind of NFL. I'm not going to say Le'Veon Bell patience and vision because he's mm-hmm. not Le'Veon Bell's size. But he just has that real, those quick feet, real incredible vision and anticipation and patience in the hole. And Ned's got really good speed. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody takes a shot at him late. Um, and I'm with you on Sermon, but I do like Sermon the way he finishes runs, the way he's a physical runner. I, I personally don't really get. Um, the the Williams uh, the Carter maybe a little bit more uh, you know as a shifty game changing you know game breaker but to me Javante Williams isn't he, even in Harris's class I don't know why I've seen Williams mocked ahead yeah. of Harris I don't see that at all uh, I, I see Harris as like you know Marshawn Lynch almost um, or you know in in a less upright Derrick Henry combination. I'd be surprised mm-hmm. if he doesn't go first and in the first round. Give me your receivers in order. Oh, uh, Chase. Um, I, I, I hate Devonte Smith um, over Waddle for me. And then I, I'm talking to McShay last week on our podcast, and he's he's convinced that the majority of the teams at the top, where we're looking where Smith or Waddle's going to go, Waddle's going to go before Smith. I just can't get over it's, it. It's some of the ETN thing with me is you you talk to guys with Devontae Smith and he's the, he's the quarterback on the field. He's coming over and telling Sark, hey, they're playing outside leverage here. We got to start you know moving some inside stuff here. Uh, as big of a competitor as there's been 
as big of a playmaker. Like Waddle goes down with the injury, and it's like, oh, okay, let's go get let's let's feed Devontae more and talk about running with an opportunity. Uh, I just I, I know people want to make you know say you know he weighs 166 pounds, but he could gain some weight. Like the, the, the NFL has some strength and in, in, in body programs that, that have worked for guys in previous times. So I, I trust, um, I trust Devonte Smith uh, more than Waddle. I, the durability thing, the injury. <clears throat> I give Waddle a ton of credit for coming back and playing in the national championship. That was awesome. And then Elijah Moore is right there. Has the game breaking stuff played against a ton of these DBs did really well against Sertan when they played. So that would be the the, the list. I, I would kind of go the way it looks. I think the way they're going to go, people are saying Chase Smith, Waddle, Moore. I, I, I see there. I don't understand the Bateman thing. I didn't watch a ton of Minnesota after they got blown out the first couple of weeks last year, but he was awesome two years ago. And um, I, I, I didn't really watch that much. I, people are just saying the tape isn't as good. Uh, Tony is, is phenomenal. Tutu Atwell is an absolute oh, lightning yeah. rod. Um, and I, I just Louisville I, it, watch highlights of Atwell from Louisville. Yeah. 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 He's, he's phenomenal. And my favorite guy probably, but the injuries is just so, um, discouraging because he was as fun to play or as watch, uh, as Rondell Moore at Purdue. If you can get any, and I know everybody's talking about how tough the medicals are to get on these guys. If people have confirmation that he's good to go he is as good as there is because he's he's smaller but he's stocky and fast as hell and when i mean stocky he squats the hell out of the out of the weight room and that's why i couldn't understand the the injury factor there um with him because he's built so well and you put on the tape you know him running by guys against ohio state in that game against haskins like it was it was just incredible uh, that day that he had, and he did it to a, a numerous other teams. Another guy that I do later on is the kid Dwayne Eskridge at Western Michigan. I watched a lot of Mac because it was on this year during the week, yeah, right? Um, and there wasn't much, um, but he he can run every route. He's got good. He's got decent size. I want to say, um, you know, he's he's close to six feet. Um, you know, probably around 190 pounds. But he, I mean. You talk about a guy that's in a league where you go to, you're doing a scouting report and you're like, all right, you know, their guy, number one, Eskridge is the guy, you know, say he averages 12 catches a game. He's probably getting 16 targets a game. And for him to still go out and do that, knowing the other team knew that he was going to get fed the ball that much really shows me about, uh, about a kid. So he's a kid that I look later on that could be a, a really good uh, pick to, to help an offense. Yeah, the Bateman thing's really interesting because there have been people who have mocked Bateman to Washington at 19. I loved Tyler Johnson, and I thought last year when he came yep. out in Tampa, I mean, he got drafted by the wrong team in terms of opportunities because of what they had, although he made a huge catch, obviously, in the NFC Championship game uh, against yeah. the Packers. Um, but, you know, he was out there with Bateman, and it was a better team in 2019 than it was in 2020. And let's not forget, you you know, you had the opt-out situation with the Big Ten, weird year. I forget how many games exactly Bateman played in this year. He didn't play in all of them because I think he opted out of some of them. Um, but I, you know, I like him, but 
I just like Tony more, and I, I'm with you on Rondell Moore. I just think Tony, when you watch him after the catch in this day and age in the NFL, you know, as a slot guy, there is a lot of. I'm not saying he's Tariq Hill, but the the stop, start, the back up, step, the yep. the acceleration, the make people miss. Um, he, uh, along with like guys like Atwell, who you mentioned further down. Um, you know, in the slot, man, they can be difficult. You get the ball in their hands on fly sweeps. I could see Tony being a phenomenal punt returner at the NFL level. There's just a lot about him that I love. Now, Washington went out and they added, you know, they added Curtis Samuel. They added uh, Adam Humphreys on a on a multi-year deal. So I, I don't know that they're going to be in the market for Tony. Um, mm-hmm. But but I if he's if he's there in the second round at fifty one, which some people mm-hmm. have said he he could be, I don't think anymore. Um, I wouldn't even think twice about a guy like him. What about tight ends after it's, Pitts? What yeah, about Fryermuth? Do you like Fryermuth or love not? Love him, love him, okay. love him. Uh, really, really dependable. Um, and you know, I, you know that's another t- that I. I <laughs> I think the world is evaluator guys because they really got to dig deep. And you go back and with the quarterback issues that Penn State had, and Fryermuth is still there as, as that security blanket. I mean, he was just, oh, they're as dependable right. as there is. Tommy Tremble in Notre Dame is probably my favorite player in the draft just because he is an absolute battering ram. I absolutely love the kid. Um, I thought Tommy Reese did a great job of just lining him up everywhere, full back, wing back, H back, in the slot, down as a tight end. He is going to be a weapon people use. Um, People were kind of surprised that he came out because he had another year to develop. Pass catching skills could get better. But as a plug-and-play guy, to, to, to try and mess up, you know, personnel with, with, you know, how much defense is trying like to match their personnel. Tremble is a guy that, that could be used in multiple formations. So I look at him as, as possibly somebody that's going to come up and, and take him early just because of how valuable he could be in the run game and the pass game and not having to change personnel. I've seen him in some extended, you know, Washington mocks, uh, being picked in the third or fourth round, uh, you think he makes it that far? Ooh, I could see somebody taking him in the late second, um, but early third, if, 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 I, I wouldn't see him going past that. Um, let's switch it to defense real quickly because I, I don't know. I, I mean, I could ask you about offensive linemen. I think it's the hardest position for – uh, fans um, to evaluate. I mean, Sewell mm-hmm. Slater appear to be one, two in some order. Washington has a need, but I think Darisaw and Vera Tucker will both be gone, and Vera Tucker's maybe more of a guard. Um, yeah, he's going to kick down. Yeah, um, but let's let's shift to defense. Yep. Do you think Sertan's definitely the first corner? No, no, I don't. Um, I think it's a preference. Um, you know, obviously, Sertan and, and Horn have the genes. Both their guys played in the NFL. Right. Uh, but I look at J.C. Horn as a guy who's longer, has those longer arms that could get, you know, that could give receivers problems where, in, in you know, I mean, that's what the NFL has, has come to. I, it, you, you can't touch these guys. But a guy with a longer reach that can cause problems, uh, you know, especially, you know, on, on, on 50-50 balls also as you're running down the field, um, I think uh, I could see somebody taking him uh, ahead of Sertan. Sertan's got everything. Um, 
And, and it, it's tough because when you watch Alabama, opposing teams just said, we're not throwing to his side. So when he gets tested, it's almost like a surprise. Right. Um, but he has he has all the goods. I mean, he was the number one rated uh, coming out of high school. So um, it would not surprise me um, if Horn goes ahead of him, though. I know people really like Farley out of Virginia Tech. I think Newsom's a player out of Northwestern, another guy with jeans. Uh, so those four, I think, are pretty solid. Asante Samuel, I think there's a step down uh, from him. Um, but I think he got a lot of the same treatment, too, at Florida State, where it was kind of pick your – why are we, we going to throw it there when we can take advantage of other weaknesses on the Florida State defense? So uh, those top four guys I mentioned, though, I, I think are pretty legit players. I think it's interesting what you said about preference um, because I think that's mm-hmm. true. First of all, I think preference, scheme, et cetera, all, all plays into a lot of the DB yep. choices um, by coaches. But when it comes to corner, obviously you'd like to have them all tall – long-armed and running 4-3-9. But I, I, I've had this conversation with other people before. If you if you have a, a choice between a 4-5-plus guy with super long arms and length and, 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 and instincts versus a guy that's running 4-3-9 um, that doesn't have the length, who would you take? And it is a preference thing. I prefer, and I think uh, Rivera and Del Rio prefer the longer-arm corners. They want them to, uh-huh. to, to be able to run as well. I love I love Newsom and Horn because of that. Um, mm-hmm. By the way, what's Newsom's genes? His dad played for the Packers for a bunch of years. Oh, okay. Um, I, I know who you're talking about now. Um, mm-hmm. I thought you were going to tell me he was Ozzie Newsom's son, <laughs> um, and uh, and that that would have been some great genes and some yeah. great feedback um, uh, from the general <laughs> manager. Uh, yeah, I, I I think I think that's always an interesting conversation. You know, like mm-hmm. Newsom's got some long arms, Horn's got some long arms, and it, you know, if you run four or five, but you've got long arms, you're basically able to close sort of the same distance, you know, the mm-hmm. same amount of time because the arms make up for you know the 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 tenth of 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 a second on a forty time. I prefer that, especially the guys that are physical and competitive. And Newsom is that, and so is Horn. I wouldn't be surprised if Newsom's the third corner picked and high, but we'll see. Um, linebackers uh, in this draft. What do you think happens with Micah Parsons? What are you hearing? It's tough. It, it's it's really tough because now we're getting this. It it you know, put it this way. It's really hard to believe everybody, Kevin. You know that more than anybody when you're talking to all these people about who they like and who they don't like and this person did this. I mean, I said from the start, are these guys going to get penalized for opting out? And I just wonder if there's Penn State people that were you know, disappointed with the season they had and they look back and you know, know how much Parsons could have helped them. I think he's that good. I can easily see somebody going up to the top 10 and taking him. I really could. I think he's that talented. Um, the kid, uh, Jeremiah Wusu koromoa from Notre Dame, phenomenal football player. Absolutely phenomenal. Jamin Davis, Kentucky, um, really good, can cover. My favorite pr- guy might be Nick Bolton out of Missouri. Yeah. Um, I just think he's an, like, I need to say, you know, football player, but like, I, there was a game he gets hurt or you know what he got I think he got a targeting so he had to sit the second half he comes out against Arkansas and they can't do anything defensively and he's literally losing his mind he gets a headset on he's going back with the defensive coordinator he's trying to coach every guy on the field to help the defense um and that just showed me a lot and then when you put on the tape 
he's 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 a guy that plays faster than his speed. Let's just say that. Um, I think he he's is is good. You know, open field tackle. He's not afraid. He's going to take on blocks. He's going to do what he's supposed to do as a defensive player. If that means freeing up somebody else, so I think he's as unselfish a defensive guy as the Ridge. I really really like. Um, Nick Bolton as, as a guy. Um, Surratt out of North Carolina is obviously the former quarterback right. um, who just doesn't have a lot of reps. But when he came in there, then, you know, he's, he's, he's a little undersized, obviously, but he's got awesome, awesome uh, football skills. Um, I think he got better as a tackler the more he played. Obviously, that's going to that's gonna help when he played more defense. Um, I look at Pete Warner out of, out of Ohio State. I could now – he doesn't do anything great, but he's going to do everything well. Um, and I, I think it's a guy that you could plug in and play on your defense. Uh, the miles on Moses, I'm not sure. I don't know how those medicals. It feels like it's a, it's a, it's a deal with Alabama linebackers um, every year. So uh, I look at Nick Bolton. Uh, th- those top four guys, I, I think are. Do you really, like Jamin really... Davis? A lot of people. Uh, yeah, mocking... Jamin Davis. Yes, I do. I do. I, I, I think. He's a guy that's going to be more valuable because he's he could cover better, I think, than these guys. Or I should say this: he's done it more um, than these guys. Uh, so I, I feel like, and I, I just look at these the Mark Stoops defensive guys that come out right are just exactly. I mean, war dogs. I mean, they play defense um, and and are, are, are played in different you know multiple schemes. Are pretty versatile. They are asked to do a lot because of what he does defensively. So, I, I mean, if there's a guy, a top-rated guy, I mean, he's got great size, like 6'4", 235, I think he is. He's such an um, athlete. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that's a, that's a really good um, uh, pick for somebody that, that, that needs help, immediate help on the defensive side. All right, more with Stanford Steve right after this word from one of our sponsors. Three more questions for Stanford Steve. That's Stanford Steve, too, top tight end uh, uh, prospect in his class way back in the day. He's already told you that Tommy Tremble, the tight end from Notre Dame, is his favorite player uh, in yeah. the draft. Um, is there a pass rusher that you love in this draft? No, um, there's not. It's it's. Uh, I don't know how to. I don't know how. What to about say number thir- What about number thirteen from Georgia, who was all over the field? Um, Alizari, yeah, yeah. The, uh, I just, I get, I get worried about him. They just said his medicals aren't great. Oh, okay. Um, he might have a knee. Quiddy Pays is consistent. Um, he's not going to blow you away with everything. Uh, Jalen Phillips did a great job stepping in for my. I actually, I, you know what? I like Ronnie Perkins out of Oklahoma. Um, and I know Oklahoma's not known for their defense. No, but this is a guy that's six five, six three, two fifty, um, and 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 can really get after. It plays with a high motor. Uh, you know, he does fall into the class at this position. We were just talking about with corners. He's in the short arm category. So that hurts him, obviously. Uh, but just as, as a guy that can line up and, and make some plays, I think I would trust Ronnie Perkins uh, as much as anybody um, at that position in this draft. Okay. Um, what does San Francisco do at three? What does Atlanta do at four? Um, and do you have any sense of what Washington will do in this draft? Uh, all right, San Francisco. Um, you talked, I mean, 
you know, you, you, you talk to guys that know Shanahan. Well, you've, you've had experience with Shanahan to me. It, and I've heard multiple people say that man, even McShay came out and said, this was John Lynch is doing the draft, but Shanahan's getting the call on this pick. Now, when you, you know, I heard Cooley talk with you about, you know, you know, Shanahan just wants to, he wants a guy who he trusts with decision-making. He, he knows he has the weapons, so who fits that mold and that is as a plug-in and play facilitator, and that's Mac Jones. Um, I just – is there any way they could take Pitts? <laughs> well, okay, this is why they would do it. Because what I've heard from, you know, the old man many times, if you can put – two great tight ends on the field that can catch and block and you can keep teams in base defense, you Mm -hmm. will shred them. So Kittle and Pitts on the same field, even with Jimmy G, with, oh, by the way, Mostert and the best running game in the NFL scheme-wise, that's an interesting – God, I think maybe some a caller brought that up to me the other day. Um, I don't think that's going to happen, but – if you stay in base with two great tight ends on the field, they get a matchup nightmare situation. Mm-hmm. And if you're in nickel, they run the shit of it. They run the shit out of the ball down your throat. And mm-hmm. it would be somebody like Kyle and those guys that would say, He's the best player in the draft. It's yeah. not even close. And if we put him on the field and we get Bosa back and the whole thing, we're going to win the Super Bowl next year with Jimmy G. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think it's. I don't think that's going to happen, though. Okay. All right. Why? Do, um, why do you, do you, you do you really think that's a possibility? I think there are teams behind them um, that I could see them not believing all this quarterback stuff. Um, I you know I, I, I way I look like look how they've treated Garoppolo and. It 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 wouldn't surprise me if they're like, yeah, we'll we'll take you back. We're we're, we're good. We're good. <laughs> you, you, you know, like we, we made the situation better for you, and now we're good. It was about making the situation. It wasn't about you. And you know, we threw all these things out there to help you in the long run. You're our guy. Let's go, Jimmy G. You talk um, to a lot of people. Are you hearing that this might be a possibility? No, okay. no, right. no. I just, I, I just feel like. If there's if there's a guy like you said it with with Shanahan like I, I think he is that I, I think the world of him I know people love taking shots at him from what happened to his teams you know in in Super Bowls um, but I I really I look I just watched them the teams that he has with freaking Nick Mullins and and CJ Beathard and how they're out there every week competing like ask the Rams what they think of Kyle Shanahan as a yeah. coach he's their worst nightmare and they got to play him twice um but I just I just it, it wouldn't like it would I should say it would surprise me but I could see them doing it like I, I, I you know if, if you're not that like if you're not that sold on three quarterbacks can't there be a conversation had with as good a minds there are with the Niners to be like, well, why don't we just take the best player? Yeah, you you're just, not that you, sold on the quarterbacks because you know? because you don't trade what they traded, which is you know gotcha. mortgaging some of your future 
to, to do that. And that would also be almost a suggestion like they were just going to figure it out after the trade. I think that they're more, I think that both, both father and son, and I think the father has a voice, or I think he's certainly helping out. They're very decisive people. I think they had yeah. Mac Jones in mind. That's what I think. But, okay. but it is very interesting. And by the way, just the thought of it, just like, and my second part of that is what does Atlanta do it for? To me, I've got Matt Ryan. He's 35. He's not 45. And if I, and the talk of trading Julio Jones is absurd. I'm putting Jones and Ridley and Pitts and Hurst. And then, by the way, I'm trading back into the first round or early second to take ETN and put him on the field. And I'm going to score 34 plus a game. You're gonna have to re- you're gonna have to score 35 to beat me next year, which will happen because their defense stinks. But I just can't imagine them doing anything but taking pits. Atlanta, Atlanta, unless they get yeah. a fortune. I just don't see the quarterback unless they really are no. serious about trading Jones. Because to yeah. me, if you, trading Jones means you're starting over, then you think quarterback. Yeah, I, I mean, I I look at that division. As I mean, it's always fascinating. They had that run of where whoever came in last won it for a bunch of those years in a row. But when you look at that division, like Carolina, you don't know what they're going to be yet. I mean, you know, the, the paper on paper, it looks okay as a, as a definite improvement, you know, seeing how they lost close games. New Orleans, got, you can have that roster in that situation with the cap space and you can have it. And is Tampa going to be better than they were last year? So I look at Atlanta. I mean, you go back and look at Atlanta. I mean, obviously he got fired because of the close games, and, and they and they weren't, and you know, well they didn't do well late in those. But like I go back, like they frustrated the hell out of Patrick Mahomes. They should have They should have beat them in Kansas City, no doubt. Um, and and the trust factor with Ryan, you you figure he's got a couple more years. Um, I think Ridley is a guy opposite Julio, so. I I love I love the idea of of what you said with Pitts and going to get a running back. Um, I, I by the way I, I, the Saints situation to me is actually if Winston turns out with Peyton to be what I think Winston can be. I've been a Winston fan. I, I forget where you are in him. They've got a really good mm-hmm. roster. That that team could have a big flip quickly. They're good on yeah. defense. They're really okay. good on defense. Um. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, my last one. So Steve's been in town now. We're coming up, you know, we're going to be approaching a year since you moved uh, out of your home uh, Connecticut uh, area. And Steve is connected, man. People love the show. They love you. So you're connected already with lots of NFL teams and you've adapted to the area. Give me a guess on what you think Washington wants to do. Um, well, I, 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 first off, I love what they did in the offseason. I mean, that's got to be a, a, a common feeling, right, amongst your fan base? Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah. I not everybody is totally sold on Ryan Fitzpatrick. I'm very excited about him, and I think people mm-hmm. love Jackson and, and love Samuel and think that they did very well. Yeah, uh, I love Samuel. Uh, I think he's going to be a, a tremendous asset. I think they got to take a tackle, um, uh, you know, uh, um, at 19, um, the, and then, and then that gets into preference, you know, um, you know, you got to figure Sewell's not going to be there. I don't think Slater's going to be there. No, no I way. really, I really like Slater. Um, he has an unbelievable tape against, uh, Chase Young. 
and he's also uh, done a, a, a great job of keeping himself ready, as you saw um, in his pro day. He's 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 football strong and he's weight room strong, and that's why I really like him. Um, so to me, it, it, it is the kid from Virginia Tech or uh, the kid from Oklahoma State. Is that what you like? Obviously, Oklahoma yeah. State I mean, I, I think everybody thinks obviously Sewell and Slater are gone. I think people, you know, I don't think Darisaw gets by Minnesota at fourteen. They have a massive need for a tackle, mm-hmm. um, and then it's Vera Tucker who's sort of you know guard slash tackle, and they just traded back for Eric Flowers yesterday. Yep. Um, you know, can Vera Tucker play tackle? Who knows. Um, I think tackle is definitely up there, and I think you think that as well. I don't know what they think of Tevin Jenkins. He may be the only one on the board at 19. Yeah, yeah I, and, uh, yeah, I think it goes down a little bit um, after him. Obviously, Jenkins is, you know, played Oklahoma State. It's a pass-heavy offense, so he, you know, his, his, his advantage is in the pass protection game. I don't know if that's their preference. Um, so we're going to, you know, it's, it's a wait and – and see, uh, they're at that ultimate position in that first round where you, you assess, you know, what's left, um, you know, knowing, the, you know, what you want as opposed to what you need. I mean, that's that's the name of the game. I will say, and I don't think they need it now that you, you, you mentioned the – I do like a little bit of the depth at the guard position in this draft. Um, and I don't know if that's something they would do later on. I would think they would try and um, – get some more weapons offensively later in the draft. But, I mean, the defense is is as good as advertised. So I don't see them doing – unless they have a guy really high on their board where they they would jump up or like if a Parsons was there or something like that. But I I don't see that happening. You're the best. I appreciate you doing this. Get to work, um, and uh, and we'll talk soon. Are the Wizards going to the playoffs? (laughs) They need to get a few more stops. (laughs) <laughs> um I don't know they 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 certainly can score I mean my god I mean that you know and Russ has been phenomenal recently and Beal can really score they really struggle to guard I loved Gafford I forget if we had this conversation Scott and I had it I told I, when Gafford went in the second round I was like that's crazy that guy at Arkansas was a highlight reel and when they traded for him obviously I was curious because I didn't know why Chicago wasn't playing him a lot but he's been a major, major difference maker as a rim protector for them. They haven't no, had that in years. No doubt about it. I, I couldn't agree more when I saw a couple of your tweets when the trade was made. And I just, you know, Len was great the other night against the Spurs. But, but to have that free runner and a kid that could run and, and protect the rim with Russ and, and Beal, uh, you know, how good, you know, the alley-oop game is with those guys, like, I, I think he's a real asset, and I, I, I think he's going to be a problem for other teams going down the stretch here. I hope so. I mean, there must be some reason Chicago was limiting him to like eight, nine minutes a yeah. night. But, you know, Tommy Tommy's done a really good job. Tommy Shepard's done a good job, and that was yes. a really good trade because Troy Brown Jr. had not shown anything yet. He was young, obviously. Mm-hmm. But they have not had, since Brendan Haywood, an actual guy that could protect the rim. You know, yeah. Nene was a really good rebounder, but wasn't a, a rim protector. And I'm talking about the last competitive teams that they had. And and um, I, uh, I, you know, that's crucial for them because they're not a good defensive team, and they get broken down out front all the time. Uh, and so now they've got somebody that can occasionally um, stop it from being, you know, a layup and a dunk drill. Um, but I think they they've got a really good chance to be in this playing thing. And I, you know. 
They could win two in a row in the playing thing, but they're not going to be a threat to Brooklyn. Although I actually would no, think... No, it would be fascinating series to watch, though. I, I think Philadelphia-Washington would be a really fascinating series to watch because Washington can score. Mm-hmm. They can really score. Philadelphia's banged up. By the way, why are yep. the Lakers three-point favorites tonight without LeBron? I don't get that. That seems weird. Yeah. I, uh, I had the Spurs the other night. They were a three-point favorite against the Wizards in the back-to-back, and I pushed. Um, mm-hmm. All right. Uh... Go. I know you're busy and you got somewhere to be. I appreciate you doing this. As always, I'll talk to you soon. I appreciate you having me on, my man. All right. That's it for the day. Cooley's with me tomorrow. We'll try to get that show out relatively early um, on draft day. Enjoy the rest of the day and evening.